Iron, your host and producer. We're simulcasting today with Occupy Your Mind in uh, in uh, New York. Uh, this is the uh, episode we're talking about abolishing government, abolishing the mainstream media for independent media, abolishing politicians, abolishing uh, capitalism, abolishing corporations, uh, and putting ordinary people's power and equality for all meetings in charge. We're no longer voting on uh, our leaders who are rulers, but we're voting on solutions for our community, country, and internationally. You know, power of the people. Let's put uh, ordinary people in charge and put small businesses in charge. Today we're interviewing with, in a simulcast with Maria uh, Kearns, uh author, writer, musician, actress, filmmaker, guitarist, creative artist, and reluctant activist. She's the podcast host of Occupy Your Mind, and uh, welcome, Maria, and uh, uh, Maria. <laughs> I want to make sure I'm saying her name right, but it's uh, your show. I think the themes of your podcast are very similar to mine, especially with yeah. brain-blown media. You know, just trying to get more people to be critical thinkers and truthers and activists, and that's kind of the, the same category of w- what I'm about, too. So how's it going where you're at? It's going. <laughs> it's going um yeah so um it's it's great great to talk talk to you um you know and uh it's nice and sunny here it's it's a little chilly because new york state it, we get the cold weather in december but it's it's nice and sunny so it feels good getting some sun well, and- i guess the breaking news is you know the entire planet has been I, i'm gonna coin a new term I just thought of called sheeple engineered, you know, uh, <laughs> engineered sheeple. Yes. People engineered is like a new term. I don't know if anybody's used that before, but well, you know, by the government and corporate uh, sinister, tyrannical new world order, you know, this great reset, which is all about centralized. So one of the two of the major themes of this uh, podcast that I do is uh, the three words that start with DE decentralizing, decolonizing and decluttering our minds and our society. And also, uh, we can get to the good stuff like equalitarianism, you know, equanimity and equable and all these great EQ words, but we're going to have to do a lot of DE words to get to the EQ word. So, right. you know, what's your thought about the, when you think of the word sheeple engineered? Well, you know what I was thinking about, actually, something I've been thinking about lately is is how um, the average person is is like sheep in the sense that the average person I think is pretty harmless and that's actually um, a strength as well as a weakness when you think about it because it means that most people are pretty nice and I think most people have have, have pretty good intentions and and don't want to take over the world and and don't want to harm anybody um, or see anybody suffer necessarily and so it's hard for most people to uh, to understand that there's people out there who do want to do those things, if that makes sense. So I kind of feel like um, it's it's good for us to try to have some compassion for the quote-unquote sheeple and understand that from the point of view of the average sheeple, <laughs> the average person, you know, this notion that you know, there's evil people out there who want to inject us with nanochips and hook us up to the internet and control our minds and, uh, you know, and, and, and just create, make the whole world a playground for the rich 
so that the wealthy and privileged can do whatever they want and the rest of us are controlled. Um, you know, it's, it's hard for the average person to under, to believe, you know, that is hard to believe. I mean, if, if, you know, if somebody came up to me and told me that a few years ago, I would be like, what? You're out of your mind. You know, um, in fact, I don't know if you heard of, um, is it Danny Casolaro? Danny Casolaro. Let me see if, do I have his name correct? Cause I keep getting his name wrong. Casolaro, Danny Casolaro. Uh, I just looked it up online. Um, Danny Casolaro was a journalist. Um, I think it was back in the 90s. And I remember reading about him a couple years back, a few years back, how he um, he was working on a book in which, and again, back in, I think, the 90s, he was working on a book and he was going to talk about how the federal government was collaborate, collaborating with organized crime and I think uh, intelligence forces, probably the CIA and FBI, um, and big businesses, big corporations, and they were all coming together to collaborate to uh, destroy the United States of America as we know it. And I remember reading that, you know, a long time ago and thinking, that's nuts. You know, like that was my first thought in my head was, that's crazy. The government, the FBI, the CIA, organized crime, big business coming together to destroy the United States. What? And then I read that he was found dead. Um, in a bathtub, I think, with, with slits, um, his, someone had used a razor blade and, and, and he bled to death. And his death was ruled as a suicide. And I thought, what? Nobody's going to commit suicide like that. I mean, you, you, how could you possibly, like, get a razor blade and slit your entire body with it? And, and you know, that, that was just very, very strange. And that just started me thinking, you know, um... Wow, I mean, I that sounds hard to believe. It sounds like a crazy. It sounded to me like a crazy idea at the time when I first heard about this. But when I heard that he died this mysterious death, then I started to wonder. Wait a minute, maybe there's something to it, you know? Um, and his death. For a second, it looks like. Um, is there a way you can have? It looks like your the camera is moving around a lot. Oh, is there, yeah. Um, okay, yeah. It, uh, yeah. Let me see. I need to, yeah, technical difficulties, technical difficulties, that, always the technical difficulties. Okay, let me see. Uh, I'm just going to try to prop it up here. Um, so w one thing I wanted to say about, is that better? Wait, hold on. How about that? Okay, now I think it's steady. Yeah, that's better. Hopefully it stays there. Okay. <laughs> um, so the thing about Danny Casolaro, his death, his death is one of many deaths that have been related to the same quote-unquote conspiracy. Um, it's called the octopus. And the octop it was called the octopus because it, it used, it had arms that reached out to all these different entities. The government, organized crime, big business, intelligence forces, octopus, all these different entities coming together to, um, you know, to, to plot to get away with committing crimes essentially, um, and getting power over the people. And so oh, throughout the, the, the decades, many people have died um, who, uh, um, in relation to this, this, this crime, the octopus. Um, and you can look it up. You can go online and do a search, use DuckDuckGo or StartPage. <laughs> I use those alternative search engines. And just look for the octopus. Uh, look up the octopus. Look up Danny Casolaro. Um, like I said, he's he's just the person I know of, but there have been lots of other people 
who, who've died as part of this. But anyway, the point is, it is hard to believe. I, I totally understand why people are quote unquote sheeple. And I think in a way we need to, we need to realize that the fact that people are sheeple is, is sort of a good thing because it means most people don't have this desire to take over the world. You know, and if most people did have this desire to take over the world, they'd probably have an under, a better understanding of how these psychopaths think, but that would be because they, that's how they think too. So anyway, so I'm kind of in a way, I'm trying to have compassion for the sheeple and trying to understand that, you know what, these people don't realize what they're dealing with, you know, and most people don't. I've tried to talk to people about COINTELPRO, the counterintelligence program. I'm sure you, you, you know about that as well, um, where the U.S. government... Well, it's interesting you mentioned the word octopus because I'm interviewing with Charlie Robinson tomorrow. Oh. He wrote a book called The Octopus yeah. of Global Control. It's a controversial nonfiction book detailing mm-hmm. how those in position of power are able to manipulate society for their benefit and why they believe they are entitled to impose their warped worldview of reality on mankind uh, and how yeah. we can break free from their grip. So it's called the Octopus of Global Control, and uh, mm-hmm. he's uh, working with a lot with uh, Jeff Berwick with the uh, Dollar Vigilante, which is a really mm-hmm. popular show. I do yeah. recommend the Dollar Vigilante, and um, the two of them they yeah. actually have a new book out called um, the uh, about the controlled demolition of of America. Mm-hmm. Uh, this has all been plan- pre-planned many many years ago. Yeah. If you check out the Agenda Twenty One and Agenda mm-hmm. Twenty Thirty, yeah, uh, but you right. One of the last things you just said, what, what was it you said too to add to all this? And you know, let me know about links. I can always add this in the description about what happened with Danny and uh, other links. Uh, Danny sure Casalero in the description of the, this conversation because that's good to have. Um, yeah, Danny Casalero. I mean, um, you can just uh, I'll probably do a search on him. Actually, there was a show called Unsolved Mysteries that used to be on TV. I don't watch TV. I haven't watched TV in a long time. But there used to be a program called Unsolved Mysteries on television. And they actually talked about Danny Casalero. His death was considered to be an unsolved mystery. Like how, you know, um, how, who who could have done this, you know. And, and yet, again, his death was ruled as a suicide, but it's, you know. Not, not the way a person would normally commit suicide. And he also had a fear of um, sharp objects and, and blood, and I think. So he, he wouldn't have killed himself that way anyway. Um, <clears throat> he was just about to release his book, the book that he had written about uh, exposing um, this operation with intelligence forces and the government, the federal government. I think it was during Ronald Reagan's administration that he was writing about. So that... Um, I think he was he was writing about that particular time period, but this this has been going on for decades, and I don't know if it's the same octopus that Jar- Charlie Robinson is writing about. I'm not sure he might just be using that term, but um, <clears throat> this octopus um, plot has been, like I said, has been going on for decades. So it's a very well known plot um, that um, that you know a lot of people have died mysterious deaths who have uncovered it and found out things about it and um, were potential whistleblowers who would just conveniently die before they had a chance to reveal something about it. Um, And uh, the other thing, oh, the other thing I was mentioning was COINTELPRO. Um, So COINTELPRO is a counterintelligence, counterintelligence program is what it stands for, COINTELPRO. So C-O-I-N-T-E-L-P-R-O. 
Um, now, the government claims that it stopped COINTELPRO, I think, back in the 70s. I personally don't think it ever ended. I think it's still going on, probably under a different name. It's, they probably just changed the name of it. But COINTELPRO was a program that the U.S. government used to plot against political activists. So they actively tried to ruin people's lives. They tried to get political activists fighting with each other. They, um, they tried to get political, political activists killed or try to prevent them from getting jobs, things like that. Um, so for, for example, <clears throat> sorry, um, Martin Luther King, um, one of the things that I, I read about Martin Luther King was when he was famous um, as part of the COINTEL, I think as part of the COINTELPRO operation, uh, they found out which hotel he was staying in and what his room number was, and they actually dropped, they leaked that to the media so that it was announced publicly, Martin Luther King is in town and he's staying in this room at this hotel, at this address, because they were hoping somebody would find him and kill him, basically, because they knew that he was controversial and there'd be some crazy person out there who might try to kill him. So they purposely leaked that information to the media so that it would be announced publicly where he was. Um, they also found out that he had, I think he cheated on his wife at one point. So someone from the FBI sent him a letter saying, we know about you, the fact you cheated on your wife. We're going to reveal it publicly. We're going to ruin your career, ruin your life. Your wife will leave you. You won't be able to be a minister anymore. You know, and they were, and they were trying to drive him to suicide is what they were hoping to do. So um, that was all part of, you know, COINTELPRO. They harassed John Lennon, the musician, John Lennon, um, They because he was a a peace activist, you know, and John Lennon conveniently died when? 1980, when Ronald Reagan's administration started, when there was this pushback against the whole peace and love movement, and they were trying to get us to think about money and material things and forget about caring for your fellow human because, you know, if somebody doesn't have a lot of money, they're a bum, <laughs> you know, and so John Lennon died at a really good time. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not a conspiracy theorist, so I'm not saying that the government had anything to do with it. Um, I mean, supposedly there was an FBI agent present when John Lennon was shot. There was supposedly an agent there. But I don't know. I wasn't there, so I, I, I wouldn't know. And like I said, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but it is funny that he died right then in 1980 at a time when he was starting to revive his career. You know, he'd taken some time off, and then he was just starting to make a comeback, and that's when he died. So... I don't know, but, but COINTELPRO was this counterintelligence program. Counterintelligence meaning, you know, um, countering intelligence. So basically um, spreading misinformation, you know, um, and infiltrating political activist groups. You know, they might send a spy in your into your group to, to join your e-town hall group, you know. And, and this person is just reporting back to the FBI information and maybe trying to get you guys fighting with each other, you know, um, maybe um, getting you guys to, you know, like um, spreading a rumor about one of you and trying to get the rest of you fighting over it and that kind of thing. Anyway, so yeah, the counterintelligence program, COINTELPRO, um, people really should know about it. Um, there's also the Red Squads, if you do a search on that. Um, that's very interesting. Um, that was apparently a secret police force that was set up, I think, at the end of the 19th century. I'm just going by memory here. Uh, that was set up specifically to, um, to harass political activists because there were some rebellions taking place at the time. And so the U.S. government, you know, wanted to stop those rebellions. So there's a long history here in the United States of the government persecuting political activists. 
Um, so I just found this in the uh, on Wikipedia. So I'm going to add a link in the description of this interview of Danny Casolaro and then CoinTelPro and then the Red Squad. I found links to all those. Oh, you did! Oh, great. Wikipedia is not necessarily perfect. No, but at least it gives people an idea where they can. <laughs> Wikipedia is not not accurate, but. You know. I'm glad that you brought up the octopus because I'll bring it up with, uh, you know, when I interview Charlie Robinson mm -hmm. tomorrow. So that's good. They get more, uh, more into you know where his title of his book came from. It'd be really interesting, you know. That, do you yeah. know if that book uh, that Danny did ever the, called the octopus was that ever published? No, I think I think it was. I think it? was it just destroyed or? I think I think it disappeared when he was murdered. I think that his writing disappeared. I, I'm again. I'm going by memory here, but I, I believe I think that his his work was gone. And I don't know if you you know um, another guy, Michael Hastings, the journalist. Have you heard of him? He died a few years ago. Also, he also was writing a book. Apparently, what I heard his book was about um, the CIA trying to persecute journalists or prevent journalists from um, from you know, from being journalists, basically, and he died a mysterious death as well. And I think his writing also, it was never published, disappeared. But again, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, so hey. <laughs> um, good people are the conspiracy theorists, because in reality, the CIA invented that word. Yeah. You know, it's people, we're all desperate to find the truth. I, I think whether we're a sheeple or not, and, you know, I think people at the end of the day really want to know the truth, but... Mm -hmm. If we look at, uh, I call, you know, all these things like Fox News, CNN, ABC, NBC, CBS, all the mainstream is both CIA and corporate controlled yeah. and ruled kind of media. It's all owned, all the mainstream media is owned by like at least only six corporations and they mm -hmm. uh, all read scripts. Yeah. You know, when we, if we watch that content, we can see the same script on CNN, Fox, uh, Disney, you know, Hollywood, uh, CBS. It's, it's all... In that swirl of just script uh, that the uh, some cabal uh, Bilderberg meeting, they, they mm. sit down and they write the scripts and then they just read them to the people. And mm. that's that's where we get into today with the crazy lockdowns, the masks, the quarantines. I mean, uh, just yeah. the insanity. But one thing I want to say on my Facebook profile, I used to change this up a lot where I would have different backgrounds to to my picture. Mm -hmm. But right now I have like fake weather, fake news, fake <laughs> history. You know, fake medicine, fake yeah. people, and I've kept that probably for about three or four months now, and I, I don't want to change it because I, I think <laughs> if we agree that everything is fake, you know, everything we've been told is a lie. Yeah. From the history, the news, the weather, the history, then we can start building some critical thought and thinking process. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm even hearing that in 1918, you know, the Spanish flu that we're mm -hmm. told about, we were lied to about that too. Yeah. We, we can't even really validate or mm -hmm. you know say that how many deaths from that flu but also mm -hmm. that people were some people were wearing masks and they were dying because of bacterial infections because you wear the mask mm -hmm. you're much more likely to get some kind of horrible respiratory problem from mm -hmm. a mask you know things yeah. like that we're just not hearing all the the cons or the, the arguments mm -hmm. against uh, what they're rolling out right now and and they're they're changing history all the time oh yeah yeah it didn't it didn't uh was it the CDC that recently said that um, some of the cases, the new coronavirus cases they were seeing, were um, from people who were, had been wearing masks? I heard something about that. I don't know if you heard about that. Um, they, well, that's true. You know, 
it is time for all of us to, you know, reclaim our freedom, declare our independence from this madness. You know, we the mm-hmm. people can end this tyranny. It's time mm-hmm. that we get off our knees and, you know, the, the lion uh, awakes. You know, we don't have to have the lion in us uh, mm-hmm. a sleeping anymore. So everybody who might be considered a sheeple still has a lion, though, and it just needs to be awakened. And that's what we're trying mm-hmm. to do as truthers and conspiracy theorists. I'm okay if someone wants to call me a conspiracy theorist because that's that just means mm-hmm. I'm trying to get to the truth. Yeah. You know, it's that desperate journey. But when it, I wanted to mm-hmm. read this, too, because I, I thought it was important. A, a recent CDC Centers for Disease Control report revealed that hospitals have been counting patients who died from serious pre-existing conditions as COVID-19 deaths, mm-hmm. even when mm-hmm. they are not dying of COVID-19. So yeah. over 51,000 mm-hmm. deaths from heart attacks and heart disease were counted as COVID-19 deaths. Mm-hmm. Uh more than 10,000 patients that were counted as COVID-19 deaths were receiving hospice care and already expected to die from yep. other causes. The lockdowns and all the destructive, regressive measures, it's not about a virus, it's about the government, the corporations, the cabal, the, the Zionists, the Bilderbergs, the Rockefellers, uh, the Rothschilds, they're all just trying to control us all and they're giving us sheeple uh type of media and if they listen to your podcast and mine uh they'll waken up and they'll they're lying and they'll, they'll move from sheeple to lions yeah well i mean it's the question is how to to get these people who they don't want you know this is what i mean like um this comes back to like the average person doesn't want to take over the world the average person doesn't have this desire to hurt other people to control other people. So how do you get that person to see that there are people out there who do have these diabolical intentions? You know, I, I mean, it's it's just hard, I think, for the average person to accept, you know. Um, you know, it, it's, it's our, our natural tendency, I think, for most of us humans is uh, is to think most people are basically good, you know, and it's just hard for us to think, yeah, they're these evil diabolical people out there you know i mean i can't get over it myself you know and i just i just was watching plandemic 2 part of plandemic 2 again um because there's a lot of good information in it in indoctrination and you know and i was just thinking about bill gates my gosh like why why is he doing this you know i mean i just just was thinking about it he's involved in a plot to block the sun put chemicals around the sun to stop climate change and (laughs) and um i mean just the stuff that i mean it really it is hard to believe i totally understand why most people don't believe it and i understand why people are afraid but if if somebody's out there if you're out there and you're afraid you've got to speak out because you know what um yeah if you're a doctor or you're a nurse especially um if you're in the medical profession, if you're somebody who is going along with this, you have to speak out because you know what? You could, you might lose your job. Yes, that could happen, but we're going to lose a lot more than that if we, if this continues. You know, they, they are trying to destroy our whole society and ultimately we'll all lose our jobs and lose our lives. You know, we've got to, we've just got to speak out even though we're afraid. We've got to, we've got to try to stop this because, I mean, I don't, like I said, I'm a reluctant activist. I don't like politics and I don't want to be active. I just want to strum my guitar and write my poetry. You know, really, that's really what I want to do. But we have to speak out. We have a duty to our fellow 
human to our fellow citizens we've got to speak out even though it's scary even though we might lose our jobs lose our homes because you know at the end of the day we have to think about why we're here on earth and we're here we're only here for a short time you know on this planet and you know do you really want to spend the rest of your life wearing a mask and being afraid of other people and being socially isolated and living a miserable life you know we're here for a short time we we need to you know um, enjoy our time here and so one way i look at it is uh know. you know technology can be used for really good things but mm-hmm. it also can be used for nefarious things yeah so you know because like you and i we wouldn't have met without technology which is great i'm glad and you know we're very like-minded you know similar minds and we're introducing other people to other um like-minded people you mentioned something really important too um, about doctors speaking out. There's a great website I want to promote called americasfrontlinedoctors.com. Mm-hmm. It's americasfrontlinedoctors.com. And it's mm-hmm. uh, they're empowering patients and physicians with independent evidence-based medicine. And I, I heard some, uh, mm-hmm. that includes Dr. Simone Gold. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about hydroxychlorine. Uh, Chlor- is, chloroquine. So there's a lot of good people standing out. That's a great website. I'll put a link in the description mm-hmm. for that too. There's also... You know, these kinds of groups. Yeah, there's also um, the World Doctors Alliance, too. Um, can, can With doctors from all over the world, Dr. Schoening, I think, and Dolores Cahill, and, um, yeah, yeah, just, just doctors from, from all over the world. And then there's also um, the Great Barrington Declaration, which it's controversial because it, um, you know, some people think it doesn't go far enough, and it, it does talk about... Um, uh, placing restrictions on the elderly and the vulnerable and things like that. But I think it's progress. And, and, and a lot of, I think, I believe that thousands of doctors and scientists and nurses have signed onto that one. So I think there's, there's, there, there are, there are doctors and nurses and, and medical professionals speaking out, but, but we need, we need more. Yeah, that gives us all hope, and uh, there is a big rally going on today, and they're actually looking to uh, grow this rally. Um, it's called uh, the the gist of the the website is called theunmasked.net. Okay. And they're, well, I'm just going to read a brief description of what they're about. They're the most important event of your life. Make freedoms contagious, and it says, "Are you against the lockdowns? Against the masks? Against social distancing? Against uh, government and you know, tyranny?" Um, against the vaccine mandates. It's going on today, Sunday, December 6th in Philadelphia. It's actually mm-hmm. going on at the birthplace of American Freedom. They're doing a protest in Independence Hall, okay. and it's being streamed live on YouTube, and I was just sharing okay. it, um, and I'll put a link to that. So some of the featured speakers will be David Icke, oh. Dr. Andrew Kaufman. Dr. Andrew Kaufman's great, too. He's mm-hmm. really able to take some really hard things and break them down dr scott jensen and mark paseo um and many others uh, jordan page and oh jeff berwick of the dollar vigilante he'll be there too okay. and uh the howard lickman of the uh, thick red line you know so mm-hmm. you know, this gives us all hope that people are standing up they're doing some protests you know these doctors are talking uh the complete opposite of what mainstream media doctors are and i think that's an important point i want to raise is that you know, there's this huge buffet card of doctors and scientists and researchers, and mainstream media is only selecting the ones that want to push these vaccines mm-hmm. because uh, follow the money. It's all about Wall Street and corporations and uh, making mm-hmm. tons of money. You know, they're expecting to make trillions of dollars off these vaccines. Yeah. But the thing is, uh, what I'm pushing for, 
most people can take between 3,000 and 5,000 milligrams of vitamin D3 a day, um, and that we all take more supplements. You know, that we, there's even people taking 15,000 milligrams of vitamin D3 a day, and then green tea extract, uh, EGCG, which is like one pill is like 10 cups of, co- uh, 10 cups of green tea, or like, um, copper and zinc for your immune system so these are things that nobody's even talking about Mm -hmm. it's all just vaccine vaccine what about eating healthy all organic kinds of foods as best Mm -hmm. we can Mm -hmm. you know staying away from junk food and eating really well and trying not to be you know obese or you know trying to exercise you know and then go Mm -hmm. into hot saunas as best we can and unfortunately those have been closed i love the hot sauna that's like probably one of the greatest ways to just sweat out all the toxins i mean and these are the kinds of things, though, that none of the uh, doctors are, because they want they want us to forget about all that stuff, or even um, you know, real medicine that the shaman <coughs> taught us, you know, the indigenous ways to eat, to yeah. eat, have really good, all natural, you know, things that nature provides, not just the fake medicines, fake fake doctors, you mm-hmm. know, fake vaccines and all that. Yeah. So, what's your thought about that? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that. Um... Excuse me. Most of these doctors need to think about the Hippocratic Oath that they took, the to do no harm. And if if they're not doing that, they're they're putting their patients in harm's way. They you know they need to. You know honestly, I I'm I'm really shocked that so that as many doctors and nurses and medical people are going along with this as they are, because they really should be ashamed of themselves and they should lose their license to practice. Because it's actually basic. Every medical professional knows also, in addition to what you just said, which is very true, they also know that human beings have a very strong need for social contact, for physical contact with other human beings. That's basic. And it actually is harmful to your immune system to be alone and isolated and to feel lonely. That hurts your immune system. It weakens your immune system. And, you know, one of the things that really intrigues me is I don't know if you've ever read Malcolm Gladwell's The Outliers. That's that's also available online as, as an audiobook. Um, and he talks about these Italian immigrants who came to the United States and mysteriously did not have a high rate of heart disease compared to other Americans. And they couldn't figure out why, because they ate fatty foods. They didn't exercise much. A lot of them had illnesses like diabetes because they were overweight. And when they did a lot of studying and research on it, what they discovered was the only thing that was different about these Italian immigrants was that they had a very strong social support system. They had a very strong community, and that strong community kept kept them healthy. It kept them alive. So for doctors and nurses and medical people to be telling people to socially distance, to keep themselves isolated and away from other people, I think is cruel and inhumane. And... Honestly, in a fair and just world, all those doctors would lose their license to practice. I mean, how dare you call yourself a doctor or a nurse or a medical professional, and you're telling your patients to be isolated and alone? And, and as you just mentioned, you know, pushing a vaccine, a toxic vaccine, when there are natural treatments available, if hydroxychloroquine works for some people, just for political reasons, you're going to deprive them of a chance to use it? just because you don't like Donald Trump, you know, I mean, if you're, if you're sick, what difference does it make, you know, whether a Republican or a Democrat likes a particular medicine, (laughs) the medicine helps you, you know, 
<laughs> really doesn't matter. Um, you know, so I, I mean, I just, I'm really, I hope I don't sound too, too angry here, but I'm, I'm very, very angry and outraged that these medical people who are supposed to be there to keep other people alive, they've taken that Hippocratic oath. Their job is supposed to be to help and to heal people. And they are, they are killing people, literally killing people is what they're doing. Socially isolating people and preparing people for a vaccine for a coronavirus. And we also know that coronaviruses mutate frequently. The common cold is caused by a coronavirus. And there's an old saying, there's no such thing as a cure for the common cold, right? Why is that? Because the common cold is caused by a coronavirus, people. And you cannot just cure that easily. The best way to prevent getting a coronavirus is taking care of your health regular exercise, cardiovascular exercise in particular, and like you said, eating right, getting your vitamin C, D3, all those things. Um, that's, you know, and you know, again, shame on you if you're a medical professional, really shame on you if you're going along with this. I don't want anyone, I, I, I understand people being afraid of losing their jobs. I get that. Believe me, I get scared too because of just even doing a podcast and putting myself out there and talking about this stuff, I worry about who will see it and how that could hurt me, you know, hurt my life, hurt my career, my my potential for getting a job and all that. It is scary, but we have a lot more to deal with than that. I mean, this is, the, I see this as another, this is like Nazi Germany again. This is, this is, Hitler used basic computer technology. I think it was IBM that gave them the, the rudimentary or the basic uh, computer technology that was available at that time to brand his victims. He branded them with numbers, right? Now they've got access to these nano chips, you know, very, very, you know, uh, high, very advanced technology that they can use. They're, they're basically trying to do what Hitler did, you know, and we've got to stop this. You know, we, we just have to. Even if it means you know risking our, our jobs, risking our lives, we've got to we've got to fight this because the alternative is is horrifying, I think. I agree with you, and that's why I'm calling for an equalitarian revolution, and I'm encouraging everybody to uh, get martial arts trained at this time, and also, you know, that famous saying of beans, uh, bullets, backpacks, uh, you know, um, having band-aids you know just having some bug out kit because i mean like if the military comes door to door they're going to force me into a fema camp at this point i need like a tent and you know some things in my backpack so if i have to bug out or even you know look at all the different options at this point do i have to go i i think everything should be on the table for us because this is so insane 2020 has been you know just a crazy year but even looking at maybe people going to mexico or just mm trying to you know it, I, I mean the idea that we're going to be forced into these FEMA camps I, you remind me of something though and I, I'm always thinking when I'm interviewing people like what do I name the show you know sometimes <laughs> I don't know until we finish it but I think I'll call it something like uh, you know mainstream media doctors are violating the Hippocratic Oath well I should <laughs> say mainstream media doctors tied to the stock market and tied to vaccine companies because <laughs> you know what they say now the CDC Centers for Disease Control is really just working for the vaccine companies that's all they are they're tied at the hip and they even get money from uh and support by the vaccine companies so i wanted to read this uh real quick and then uh, we can talk about it but i I thought it'd be cool to say you know what is the hippocratic oath say so i looked it up it says 
I swear to fulfill to the best of my ability and judgment this covenant. I will respect the hard-won scientific gains of those physicians in whose steps I walk and gladly share such knowledge as is mine with those who are to follow. So I just read that, uh, the Hippocratic Oath. Mm. You know, and it is like, uh, you know, swearing almost like, well, I know I think of George Carlin, how he, he thinks it's just a joke that we have to swear on the Bible and hold our right hand up. <laughs> you know, why don't we hold our left leg up? <laughs> you know, some of these things that, I, I love George Carlin because he's so brilliant yeah. kind of guy, but I thought about it recently that really should people should swear both to the Hippocratic Oath and the Shaman Oath, which is the original indigenous uh, ways, because I, I do believe in integrative medicine. You know, let's take the best of the West medicine and the East, mm-hmm. or the more of the uh, ancient, the indigenous medicines. Mm-hmm. If we combine the two, it's called integrative medicine. I did a great interview with a doctor who studied under Dr. Andrew Weil, was one mm-hmm. of our great doctors. He wrote a lot of really good books about integrative medicine. You know, let's take the best of, it's not saying the West is bad or the East is bad, it's saying they're both good, they both have good and minuses, let's take the best of both of those um, and, you know, make the ultimate thing. So, you want to think of the idea that they should swear an uh, oath to both the Hippocratic Oath and the Shaman Oath of mm. indigenous ways <laughs> and integrative, and integrative mm. medicine. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny, they've been just attacking natural medicine, haven't they? Because uh, the pharmaceutical companies don't make money off of it, so anything that's natural. Um, there was there was a woman who, um, who said that she found that, she was a doctor, and she found that coconut oil helped her husband who had Alzheimer's. Um, it helped to reduce some of his dementia symptoms, so she gave it to him to help him, and she wanted to speak about it at some event, some conference uh, about Alzheimer's, and they wouldn't let her, you know, because it's just coconut oil is something you can just buy at the store, at the supermarket, and so they don't want people to know that it could help them, you know, and then they, and then they you know, try to scare people and say, well, coconut oil is saturated fat, and it's dangerous. Well, you know, that's true. You do need to limit how much saturated fat you take in, but drugs are dangerous. You know, uh, pharmaceutical drugs and vaccines are dangerous, much more dangerous than food that you can buy at the store. <laughs> it's just so funny how they make it appear that, you know, and, and the same thing with vitamin supplements, you know, that they're dangerous. If you take too, too many vitamins, you can get sick, you know, and, and how they try to scare scare people that way and that's how they're training people in the medical profession you know there are a lot of you know when they're training doctors and nurses you know they're they're teaching them that those things you know that uh you know uh that natural medicine is dangerous you know and um taking too many vitamins dangerous well you know i mean it's like walking down the street is dangerous right breathing the air is dangerous doing a podcast is dangerous (laughs) I mean, it gets so that we're so tyrannical right now that um, I, I always like to say, just like what I said, well, let's combine the best of the uh, integrative medicine, you know, from the shaman, the original mm-hmm. indigenous and the Western, mm-hmm. more, more modern medicine. Um, and, and let's go with that. I also like to always add, you know, for former government, you know, and one of my favorite sayings is by Krishnamurti. He says, uh, it's no measure of being healthy or well-adjusted in a profoundly sick society. Right. When he says sick society, he doesn't mean just health-wise. He's mm-hmm. talking about 
um, all these things, like the tyranny, the, the idea that yeah. we'll get a $3,000 fine when we refuse to wear a mask, or we'll get arrested just because we want to open up our small business. Mm-hmm. And that just happened in your state recently. There yeah. was somebody who tried to open up their bar and they got arrested late, lately. And yeah. you know, that, that kind of stuff is happening like crazy. And I, I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Like, what do you think about all these people being arrested just to open their business? I mean, we never thought we'd see that. I agree with you. It's like we are Nazi Germany in the U.S. now. It, you know, there's really no different. And we're like North Korea, too. We're just like, we're mm-hmm. no difference between yeah. those. Uh, so what are your thoughts about that? It's, it's friggin' scary. You know, like I said, I wish I could just go to sleep and wake up tomorrow and see that this is not happening. But I do have to say, though, and I always, I, I tend to repeat myself on this, but we never should have let the Patriot Act get passed. The Patriot Act opened the door for all this. And when the Patriot Act was passed, which it was passed right after 9-11, very long, do- very lengthy document that they just happened to have ready right after the terrorist attack. You know, they just happened to have it right there. This huge document that probably took years to write. And um, and a lot of people started predicting we're going to end up a totalitarian and in, in t- living in a totalitarian society. People started predicting that. And, you know, the ACLU has a video called the, the pizza video, which might still be on YouTube. You might be able to find it. I'm going to try and find it and air it on my podcast at some point. But they made this video a long time ago, you know, at, shortly after 9-11 happened, they made this video where a guy tries to order a pizza and they scan all of his information in the computer at the pizza place. And they say, oh, uh, sir, we, we see that you're you're obese and you have heart disease. So we're going to add a fee onto your pizza. You know, and they they know all this personal stuff about him. They know everything about him, basically, at the pizza place. And they charge him accordingly. And that's exactly what they're planning on doing. And, and the ACLU made this video years ago. You know, I, I had a friend who told me a few years ago, he said, we're going to end up a totalitarian, I mean, uh, police state, you know, so like a lot of us knew that at some point this would happen when the Patriot Act was passed. Why? Because the Patriot Act gave the government the right to spy on people without a warrant. Basically, the Patriot Act basically says your Fourth Amendment rights don't exist. It, it basically decimates the Fourth Amendment. The Fourth Amendment is supposed to make us innocent until proven guilty, which means the government and law enforcement cannot confiscate you or your personal belongings without uh, proof that they know that you've done something wrong. They have to go to a judge and get a warrant, and there's some oversight so that they can't just stop anyone. So the police stopping people and doing checks, <clears throat> excuse me, um, checks on people on the, you know, um, they'll have these checkpoints where they stop people and just go through people's cars and stuff like that. All that's unconstitutional, um, a violation of the Fourth Amendment. But after the Patriot Act was passed, after 9-11, all, um, the police started stopping and detaining innocent people to see if they'd if they could find something on them and all these surveillance cameras were put up and um, you apply for a job now and they're doing criminal background checks on you and drug testing on you and uh, all kinds of things privacy violations you know sometimes they want you to get your fingerprints taken for certain jobs and like we, we we lost a lot of civil liberties after the patriot act was passed and then there was the national defense authorization act i think obama passed that one which lets the government um, they can detain you and arrest you and not even tell you why and you, you, you know, you have no right to know 
while you're being detained and you don't, you don't even necessarily have a right to a lawyer or anything. I mean, and, and a lot of other other laws, too, I think have been passed since then. And we've, we, we lost a, a huge number of, of civil liberties after the Patriot Act was passed. We, we lost a lot of our rights. And I've been, I'm one of those people who's been protesting it ever since. I mean, dating myself, but I've been protesting the Patriot Act since it was passed. And just watching this country decline you know, in terms of civil liberties since that law was passed. And I keep telling people about it and just repeating myself, but I feel that we need to, to remember these things. And, and I think a lot of people have short memories, maybe because people are so distracted by our devices. You know, we're on our smartphone and on our computer or watching TV or whatever. Um, but we, we need to really be looking around us and be aware of what's happening around us, I think, and, and maybe try to wean ourselves off of the, all of these devices, off of our smartphones and, and things like that, and just be more aware of our surroundings and realize that this country has declined quite a bit since the Patriot Act was passed. And there was a time when we didn't have surveillance cameras all over the streets. And now the, the plan uh, the World Economic Forum has for us is they're going to use all these surveillance cameras. They're going to put AI in them and they're going to remotely watch us from those surveillance cameras and check and see if we're keeping a, a distance from each other. They want to try and force us to physically distance, and they're going to use AI. Um, that's something that, that I, I researched online. And th that's not a conspiracy theory. They really are working on, there are scientists working on this, developing the AI that they're going to put in all these surveillance cameras on our public streets so they can spy on us and make sure that we're not standing near each other. And you have to ask, why are they doing that? I mean, the pandemic, I think the pandemic's pretty much over, you know, if, if it ever even really existed. Um, so, I mean, I, I guess they just want us to stay this way forever, you know, keeping a, a physical distance from each other. Yeah, I, I believe it, truly believe it is 7 billion uh, depopulation of the intent of the cabal, like I mentioned, the Bilderbergs, the Council of 13, you know, the royal families, the Vatican, the, the Zionists, the Rockefellers, the Rothschilds, the Bilderbergs, they, they want to remove 7 billion people. And, you know, that's why we're seeing the chemtrails, these direct energy weapons, um, you know, some of the mm -hmm. recent wildfires and California, you can research it yourself, but a lot of people are saying that wasn't just a wildfire. Hmm. Some of the cars, like the way the metal melted in the car when the fire came through, hmm. was not by a wildfire, it was by some kind of energy, direct energy. Really? So there's a lot hmm. of that. People need to wake up and realize that the government and the mainstream media is not here. Uh, they're not trying to help us. They're trying to, you know, really depopulate us all. So, I mean, it's a very grim, sobering, you know, reality, but. You know, we can't win this revolution unless we truly know who the enemy is. And I guess that's part of it is that, you know, the left and the right can unite. I, one of the themes of this uh, E-Town Halls is that, you know, it's both the Democrat and Republican are mm -hmm. corrupt parties. In fact, all the leaders of the Democrat and Republic, the Republican Party should be in jail right now, in my opinion. Just incarcerate them all. And, um, you know, both the, uh, whether it's Trump or Biden, they're left and right wing birds of the same uh, they're, they're the wings of the same exact bird. They're, they're answering to the corporate overlords and the Bilderbergs and the Rockefeller, Rockefellers, the Zionists. You know, they wouldn't get those positions if they weren't in lockstep. One of the things I want to call out Trump, you know, he didn't 
uh, veto the, the Patriot Act. He didn't veto the NDAA. You mentioned the, the Patriot Act and also the NDAA and many other things were horrible. And uh, I do recommend Corbett report. I'll put a link to it. That he did a great analysis of 9-11. That was all a scam. 9-11 was just in, in a long list of scams. You know, that World Trade Center building number seven was not hit by an airplane. It was demolished. I mean, how else could it just fall down? I mean, it, the whole building it looked exactly like a demolition act on it. Uh, Corbett Report is another great guy, and he's influenced me a lot. He's another one to uh, check out. He does great work uh, about that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I guess it's hard for us to accept that, but I think we have to. And we have to get past uh, normalcy bias. I was just, uh, that's one of the of the hardest things that we have to deal with as uh, trying to wake people up is, you know, apathy, denial, and normalcy bias, which normalcy bias is a cognitive bias which leads people to disbelieve or minimize threat warnings. Consequently, individuals underestimate the likelihood of a disaster when it might affect them and its potential adverse effects. Mm. So normalcy bias is like, you know, that's exactly what people who train in the military, they're trained to no longer think normal because they have to like crawl under this barbed wire and get shot with live bullets. Usually they use live ammunition any uh, ammunition like shooting over their head you know to destroy their normalcy bias because what if someone is in a war conflict uh, there's nothing normal about it so this idea though that so many people just want to go along watch the netflix play the video games you know uh, do that you know just turn off and they want to hold on to their normalcy bias they're going to hold on and on until there's a knock on the door one day and it's a fema camp person saying hey we, we want you in the van you know you're out of here so that's, and that's exactly what happened in Nazi Germany. There were people that fled when they knew how bad Hitler was, or, but they, they held on and they stayed there. They didn't leave and then, and until there was a knock on the door and they were forced into some kind of a train or a camp. So uh, what's your thought about normalcy bias? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, that's, that's brilliant. Yeah, you're right. I mean, and some, some of the Jews were warned. They were warned, you know, about what Hitler was going to do, but they dismissed it as a conspiracy theory, you know. I mean, I don't think they used that term at the time, but, you know, but they they just thought, oh, that's crazy, you know, that's not going to happen. You know, people just had a hard time believing that, that you know, that someone could do something like that, you know. And, and like, and, and yeah, and they did normalize... Um, I, I like the book Night by Elie Weissel. I think it's a brilliant book. It, it's about his experience in a Nazi um, concentration camp. And he talks about how the Nazis did all these things. Hitler took away a lot of their civil liberties, and it just became normal, and they just went back to normal. It's like, well, you know, what's the big deal? We can't do this, but that's okay. We can still do that, you know? And they had to move into the ghetto. They all had to live in this one area um, because of, just because they were Jewish and oh well that's okay we're all together now this is good and and they and they tried to make it normal and they actually tried to make the most of it and tried to be positive about it but the the problem with that is they weren't facing up to the real danger you know um, and you know there there were opportunities when they could have actually all gotten together and maybe you know found found a way to thwart the nazis you know because they'd been warned that the nazis were going to come in and do what they plan on doing but they just didn't heed the warnings and there's a few people who i think did who did leave the country to get away but a lot of people you know just didn't 
didn't want to believe it. And I, again, I think that's human nature, unfortunately. I think most people really do have a hard time believing in quote unquote conspiracy theories. You know, it's just hard for the average person to believe that there are people who would do such horrible things. And somehow we've got to try to get them to see that, yes, there are bad people in the world. I'm sorry. And we, we have to stop them and we can stop them. You know, the thing about bullies is that they seem really intimidating, but when you stand up and you're very assertive and you tell them, no, get out of here, they will leave. And that's what happened here, actually, in Buffalo, New York. Um, I don't know if you heard, but there were some small business uh, owners who got together and they were having a meeting to talk about what what to do about the fact that Cuomo is going to shut down New York again. Um, and the sheriff's department showed up. Some sheriffs showed up. And they actually, um, the, the small business owners kicked them out. They said, this is private property. You have no right to be here. Get a warrant if you need to come back here. And they, they literally kicked out the sheriff. They all ganged up on him and said, get out, get out, get out, get out, and chased them out. <laughs> and the sheriffs, and you can watch the video online. And the, the, I think it's on timwalton.tv, I believe, Tim Walton, T-I-M-W-A-L-T-O-N.tv, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, so they just basically chased, chased the sheriff's department out and said, get out. But then I, I think, you know, they might have slapped the business owner with a fine after that. I don't know um, how that, what, what happened with that. But, but you can talk back to bullies. Bullies always seem really intimidating and scary. And that's what they do is they try to, they use fear on their victims. But they're actually afraid. You know, bullies are insecure and afraid deep down inside. That's why they use use this fear so you know if, if you stand up to them very assertively and say get out a lot of times most of the time they they will you know and so we can do that you know but we we have to come together and stop fighting with each other over partisan politics you know democrat versus republican liberal versus conservative i just wish i could get people to stop with those labels because we really need to we're going to disagree on other things you know definitely but we need to all come together on this issue of freedom and just put aside our other differences and not argue about these other things and just focus on the fact that we all do want freedom, right? We all want to be able to walk down the street without putting a face diaper in front of us. And, you know, we want to be able to get close to each other because that's what human beings need. We need closeness. And, um, yeah, that's my take on that, on that one. Sorry, I'm talking about you. And that's one of the many themes of the E-Town Halls, you know, that, you know, we're living in this dystopia time where it's like, I feel like our society is worse than Hunger Games or some of those Hollywood movies that were really yeah. scary. But, you know, we're being forced against our will into an, this abusive, gaslighting, tyrannical, you mentioned bully, too, relationship with the uh, trillionaires, the billionaires, the Bill Gates of hell, the Rockefellers, <laughs> yeah. the Bilderbergs, you know, uh, Rothschild, Zionists. You know, Jeff Bezos of Amazon, you know, the sinister cabal government and corporations. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, one of uh, the theme of uh, equalitarian uh, revolution in E-Town Halls is that we uh, meet up at the Sage Warrior Temple in San Francisco, and I might even go there next year uh, mm -hmm. and get martial arts trained. If we got, we're going to need a lot of numbers to do this, but we're, we're really pushing for Occupy Forever. It's not just mm -hmm. Occupy for a little bit and then we leave. You know, mm -hmm. we're going to have to do some it's dire times now you know it's a real revolution yeah. that we need I, I there's no there's no more uh, about 
reform or, you know, and that's one of the things that even I agree with Bernie Sanders, but he was still wanting to work within this so broken and -hmm. and disturbed system that he really should have been pushing for a revolution, um, but, you know, just to bring it started over. But we're, we're calling to abolish politicians, abolish political parties and replace them with councils, town halls, meetings. You raised a really good point, though, that a lot of different good causes and revolutions have been hijacked and they've been sabotaged and, and psyoped. I think that's always a good point to bring up is what we try to do with e-town halls is to make it as pure as possible. And uh, mm-hmm. I have been holding these meetings for eight months now mm-hmm. um, on and off with people from all over the world who want this. It's also called anarchy. It's called direct democracy. It's mm-hmm. called libertarian is called even communism you know it's Mm -hmm. taking the best of all these terms and Mm -hmm. having an optimal society by alleviating suffering increasing compassion and making sure that everybody on the planet is self-actualized i think if Mm -hmm. if we could if i could wave a magic wand i would want all seven billion people on the planet to have martial arts training for like 10 years Mm -hmm. and i would also want everybody on the planet to be self-actualized you know those would be the two things if I had that as a, that power of a magic mm-hmm. wand and wishes, mm-hmm. and one of the things we're really pushing for too is that there should be no higher power or authority than individuals' mm-hmm. sovereignty. You know, yeah. there should be no higher power or authority than uh, community sovereignty, mm-hmm. and then we can collaborate on how to support our shared common areas. You know, that we all share the air, the water, the land, the food, the plants, mm-hmm. the animals, nature, and climate. You know, these are the kinds of themes. You know that. Really, uh, nobody in uh, Belgium or Netherlands should be telling anybody here in the U.S. what to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, from the world, all these, nobody in the United Nations should be telling us what to do. In fact, we need mm-hmm. to abolish the United Nations within indigenous nations and go back to the mm-hmm. original ways when we had these kinds of things that E-Town Holmes mm-hmm. is talking about. You know, mm-hmm. take back Turtle Island. That's the original mm-hmm. name for Canada, Mexico, and the U.S. Mm-hmm. You know, go back to the original ways and... So these, these are all the kinds of themes that I try to promote on the E-Town Halls punk podcast. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a great idea. I just, I, I don't know, like, how we could even, you know, do it. Um, I, think, I think it's important with a movement, though, to be very specific in what your goals are and, and focus on what those goals are so that it'll be harder for somebody to get you fighting with each other. You know, so, like, if we say we have a goal to... Um, for people to, to be able to make their own decisions about their own health care, for example, and, and decide for themselves whether or not they want a vaccine or a medicine or where to, whether to wear a mask or whether to distance from others. You know, like, like talk about that. There's, there's a goal, um, you know, um, and just have specific goals like that because in that way you can't get somebody who comes in there and starts, like, trying to get you guys fighting over, you know, um, issues because I know that there's people who have very conservative Republican ideals who are wanting to get involved in the movement as far as freedom and not man, no mandatory mask mandatory masks and um, no mandatory vaccine but there's also people who are very liberal and progressive like myself who are supporting that same movement and I it just strikes me that it would be easy for us to start fighting with each other because we disagree on other issues you know so that's one concern I have is I think we need to really try to focus on what our goals are so that that doesn't happen. Because I, I did, I actually had a discussion with somebody who is a Republican, um, you know, about, about 
these issues with mandatory mask and things like that. And we just, we agree on those things, but he started bringing up equality and started telling me he doesn't believe in equality. <laughs> um, and you know, and, and went on and on and on about how he doesn't believe in equality and, and he thinks, so I don't know. It was just interesting. So I'm just saying that's one thing is, I think a big part of E-Town Halls is to make it clear. We have guidelines, you know, that mm -hmm. we're pushing for, and everybody, please go check out pdrboston.org. That's a great website to learn more about the word equalitarianism or egalitarianism. Those are the same words, but pdrboston.org. I did a great interview with uh, John Spritzler, who created that website. So the idea is that racists are not allowed. So that mm -hmm. right away, if you say that if you're, we don't want these people in our meetings. And, mm -hmm. and uh, the idea, there's people talking that maybe California will exit from the United States or Texas, I just interviewed some of those people that are saying, you know, it's it, there's a third choice. It's not just vote Democrat, vote Republican, there's vote exit. Huh. So it's the idea that if things go this way, that the racists would live in their own country, and then people who truly want equalitarian would have their own country or their own community. And if, if your community sucks, you know, that you're able to go to a better community that fits you, like San Francisco, mm -hmm. is much more likely to be an equalitarian and then it like somewhere in the middle mm -hmm. of Arkansas. Well you except know, for example, except money wise. Those two cities, mm -hmm. for example. Yeah, except money wise. San Francisco's very expensive. So I, I feel like San Francisco's very exclusionary or very um, exclusive because you have to have a lot of money to live there. The average person can't afford to live there is that's what my thing about that is they they might be like egalitarian as far as maybe other things go but but why do you have to be a millionaire to live there you know if you have to be a millionaire to live there then how how liberal is it you know and how free is it well that's true you're talking about gentrification and yeah. uh housing apartheid or food apartheid you know things I mean, the amount of people that are living in tents now and motorhomes uh, across San Francisco is skyrocketed, you know, and it's going up all the time. So, I mean, there's, I guess there's always a way to live there, but you're right, though. You want to live safe and healthy. You know, you don't want to have to deal with bugs every day or mm -hmm. spend most of your day trying to get a shower or stay clean. You know, you want to have a decent living place. And that's, you know, that there's 75 billionaires in San Francisco. There's more billionaires in San Francisco than anywhere on the planet. Where I live in Austin, there's more millionaires than anywhere on the planet. Hmm. But then you go downtown of any of these cities, and you see people going yep. through the trash. I mean, it's really disgusting. The wealth inequality is just so uh, repulsive to see that. You know, yeah. it's, a, it's a sad reality of uh, what you said, gentrification. But um, we that, that's part of what hoping with this uh, revolution that we we can go to San Francisco and live there, and it's mm. it's the same price as what you pay anywhere. You yeah, know? I like the weather. Yeah. Crazy expensive to live in these towns, including we, Austin. We just got a comment too on the on the YouTube channel um, from El Spicy, who says, "Yes, here in California, it's all about money." <laughs> um, we have a commenter who lives in California, so. Um, yeah, I used to live in California, too, a long time ago. So I know, like, I like the weather there, and I like the people there, too. It's more laid back, and people, I think, are more tolerant, and, um, you know, uh, and, but it's it's just, um, it's it's like anything else, you know, the, the wealthy and privileged people who who run this world, 
they take everything that's good and they try to keep it for themselves. It's, you know, extreme, I really think extreme wealth is a problem. And I, I, I believe we need to limit how much money any one person can earn and go back to the, the tax system we had in the fifties, which was basically people who earned a certain amount of money had to pay higher taxes. And people don't understand that, um, that, that doesn't hurt anybody. You know, like the, the propaganda is, oh, you're going to hurt rich people. You know, rich people are not hurting. So if somebody makes, um, I talked about this on, on the podcast uh, recently, if somebody makes $100 million a year, they could pay literally 99% of their income in taxes and they'd still be making a million dollars a year, you know? And I'm not saying it should be 99%. I don't know what the percentage should be, but I'm just saying we could go back to the 50s system that we had that worked at that time it worked and we made people who earned huge amounts of money pay bigger tax bigger amounts of money in tax taxes and then we had money to to clean up our our roads to take care of our roads and our sidewalks and provide jobs for people and then that provides jobs for people too by the way people don't understand that if we you know our tax dollars can actually provide jobs you know, if, if, if the wealthy pay higher taxes, that provides jobs because they pay higher taxes. We can use that tax money to build our roads. We have to hire people to build the roads. We have to hire people to handle the, the paperwork involved in, in getting the people to build the roads. So there'll be people working in offices and people doing construction work. It'll put a lot of people back to work, you know, and um, so and, and, and that's never talked about. You know, we, we never hear that. Excuse me, um, because we only hear from wealthy, privileged people everywhere we go. Our mainstream media is run by rich people, and it and, and it used to be a little bit different. You know, we had cable access. George W. Bush, when he was president, he budget cut funding to cable access, I think, and he a lot of cable access stations shut down. Um, and um, but we we used to have a much freer media than we do now and as you said we only have a handful of corporations running our media but the the alarm has been sounded over the years you know o over a period of many many years um the, the media has been taken over by this handful of corporations and people have been sounding the alarm but nobody seems to care you know as long as they're comfortable the average person doesn't care you know i mean that that's what i find to be frustrating it's just, you know, you try to talk about these issues. Um, by the way, I wrote a book called Diary of a Mad Bag Lady, which is about homelessness. And so I, I used to write a lot about homelessness and economic inequality. And I kind of got discouraged and stopped writing about it after a while because it, it just, you know, trying to get people to care when people are so brainwashed into believing that if you're poor, it's your fault. You didn't do all the right things. You didn't make all the right decisions. And you know, and so I saw a lot of brainwashing there and now I'm seeing the brainwashing with the coronavirus and now I'm just starting to realize, you know, the average person just doesn't seem to have the ability to think very much, you know? I mean, what do we do about that? I mean, maybe we need to start with children and trying to teach children to think critically and think independently and, and teach them it's okay to think differently from how everyone else is thinking. I think kids are being taught to think the way everybody else thinks and to obey authority and do what they're told. And I think we're all kind of being taught that. And um, anyhow, I feel like I just went off on a tangent. 
But um, well, uh, one of my favorite quotes is uh, Krishnamurti. He's a famous uh, deep thinker. He was the author of Freedom from the Known. He says it's no measure of health to be well adjusted to a profoundly sick society. I always go yeah. back to that quote because I think yeah. it's so important. Yeah, yeah, I remember you. You mentioned that. Um, that that oh. I, think I lost your video. I lost your video. Here. Oh yeah, my um. Hold on, I got. I have a um. A battery problem here. Um, um, okay, I am I am in my car here, everybody. So I'm in my car and I'm trying to get that my uh, my battery to uh, to generate here. Let me see. Um, so the YouTube channel's still going, right? Yeah, the Democrat the Democrats are just as corrupt as the Republicans. Can you see me now? Yeah. I, okay, great. So what I did was I just had to plug in my phone. I do want to ask you about your book. That's great. That you were, I also wrote a book called Looking Glass Shattered. It's the idea that we it's based on Alice in Wonderland, you know, going down the rabbit hole is a very popular political saying, but it's like you go down this rabbit hole and, you know, you got to figure out what to shatter away and what to keep, you know, and that, that that's why I like to have this theme of, like, fake news, fake history, mm-hmm. you know, really all of it. Every single war that's ever been done on this planet you know modern times has all been uh propagandized false flags where you know like we know the the iraq war was a scam 9-11 was a scam mm-hmm. you know every war really even world war ii if we really wanted if the war was for sure uh, the powers that be we would have gone in and uh abolished capitalism and replaced it with egalitarianism and i thought uh, I want to go back to your book, but I want to read one quote from uh, PDRBoston.org. Mm-hmm. He has a great article. What, what egalitarianism really means is it's no rich and no poor. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's a great saying. Not only do you have no extreme wealthy, but you have nobody in poverty. So mm-hmm. there's an article. I just want to read a little bit here. Sure. It says, why have no rich and no poor? And it says, a society with some rich and some poor is a class society, one based on class inequality. It is a society with an upper class and a lower class. The very worst thing about a class society is that the upper class has to treat the lower class like dirt. Hmm. Uh, The upper class must do this in order to make lower class people know their place, to make lower class people internalize the notion that they are an inferior lot that does not deserve to enjoy the life the way upper class people do, and to accept their position at the bottom of an unequal society where they must unquestioningly what they are told by their betters, the upper-class folks. To better understand why the upper-class must treat ordinary people like dirt, uh, do this. Read the many specific examples below of how the rich treat us like dirt, and imagine what would happen if the rich did not uh, do these kinds of things. Imagine what would happen if the rich upper-class treated ordinary people with the same respect and dignity as they treat their fellow upper-class members. Imagine that Jeff Bezos of Amazon, Bill Gates of Hell of Foundation, And those kinds of people fully accepted and acted on the idea that ordinary people deserve to live in homes just as nice as theirs, Hmm. and neighborhoods just as nice as theirs, and have meals and vacations just as nice as theirs, and have health care and entertainment just as nice as theirs, and have their children attend schools just as nice as the ones their own children attend, and never be lied to by a mass media, and Hmm. never be induced to kill innocent people or be killed in foreign lands. Imagine such a world. How long do you think it would remain a world in which a tiny class of people at the expense of all others enjoys enormous wealth and power and privilege? 
Today's oppression creates a chronic stress that creates sickness and shorter life as discussed here. And it's a chronic stress that's caused by one's job or poverty that impairs the immune response, you know, because there's so many shitty jobs on the planet. Mm -hmm. And this oppression also causes additional serious illness, shorter life as discussed. You know, big farm dollars increase the risk of dangerous pandemics because it's more profitable to do so. So anyway, that if lower class people were treated with the full dignity and respect that upper class people take for granted as their due, then before long the upper class would be in serious trouble. Lower class people would begin to question even more than they do already, which is a lot. Why society is so unequal with the privileged few uh, lording over or controlling everybody else. So that's a there's more to it. There's a great article, but it, you know you really get the. Said, yeah. these are some uh, thoughts and ideas that a lot of people need to seriously think about you know like why what makes these billionaires and trillionaires so great it wasn't hard work they're just opportunists you know mm-hmm. you, i know a lot of s- s- true stories about people like bill gates or jeff bezos they screwed over people to get to where yeah. they were it wasn't about hard work and they already were born into a, a better situation with more uh you know connections and things to get to that higher level and so it's really just Capitalism is not about hard work. It's about oppressing everybody to get to the top. And, you know, the, the, Bezos has like $132 billion. He could take like $20 billion and just start homeless shelters, for example, or yeah. really help people. But I want to go back to your book and, you know, some of the themes of your book that you want to, you know, what inspired you to write the book? Oh, that's great. I just wanted to respond to what you just said, though. Um, I wanted to respond to that. Um, two things I wanted to say. One is we have to be careful. The World Economic Forum, and you can anyone can go on their website, which is weforum.org, I believe, weforum.org. Um, World Economic Forum is behind this, they, they, and they're working with Bill Gates and um, Johns Hopkins, I think. Um, and they're gonna, they're trying to make it look like they are helping people. They're gonna try and make it look like they are gonna address climate change and poverty and things like that. So we have to be careful. They're, they're going to try to make it look like they're going to solve this problem of, of inequality um, by um, taking away our property <laughs> and make us, making us all equal, um, even though that's not really what's going to happen. They, you know. So I just think we have to be really mindful of that. And the other thing, too, I wanted to say is that this extreme inequality, because we've allowed this to happen by not taxing the rich, by getting rid of that system which taxed the rich, um, We've developed this extreme inequality, and that's what's caused people like Bill Gates to get the power he has and the World Economic Forum and, and all that. That's what's caused that power to develop because we've allowed that extreme wealth to accumulate. We didn't have to let that happen, and we can stop it. We can change our tax laws and make them pay higher taxes. But when you have that extreme inequality, you're going to end up having this group of people who thinks they're better than everyone else. Because if you give too much to one person and too little to another the person with a lot is going to start looking down on the person with little so some of that is created by the system that we created and i think it's good to know that because then that gives us more power more control and that, that pretty much is what my book is about it's it's about it was it's based on a journal i kept when i was homeless so <laughs> it's kind of a crazy book it's called diary of a mad bag lady so it's my rants ranting and raving it's based on a journal i kept so it's um you know, writing about what my experience of being homeless was like and 
trying to educate people on the fact that our society is creating homelessness because if you look at animals animals aren't homeless right unless people make them homeless animals can just live off the land you know and and create their own build their homes off of the earth but human beings create homelessness in a lot of different ways our society's creating it and then criminalizing people for being poor and now of course we're all getting criminalized rich or poor if we don't put the mask on and we don't socially distance so um Anyway, so yeah, so my, my book's about economic inequality, but I feel that economic inequality factors in on this whole pandemic scenario because it's created it, because we created this extreme wealth, which is extreme power. Money is power in our society. So economic inequality created this extreme power. And, um, and I think that it also created this arrogance that, that they have people like Bill Gates very very arrogant people they think because they have so much money and power that they're better and they know better than us and the guy who runs the World Economic Forum you know oh we're gonna save the world we're gonna help the world by controlling you because we know more than you you know and um, you know they just think they can microchip us hook us up to supercomputers or to the internet you know because they know more than we do and they can control us. They can keep us from committing crimes. Isn't that nice? They can keep you from killing someone. They can keep you from breaking into somebody's house. They'll have you nano-chipped. And they'll control your behavior. <laughs> I think that's what they're, what some of them might be thinking. Well, what's your book about? It's horrible dystopia, because not only that, it's like we could have these social credits. The idea, like, if we refuse the vaccine or we refuse the mainstream media, that uh, our social credit score will go down, and mm -hmm. then we can't get groceries or anything for basic survival so yeah. i think what's happening with uh you know when we say wealth another way to say income inequality or wealth inequality is the caste systems i think that's another way to look at it which can be even a, a more apparent way you know that there's people in different castes you know the yeah. higher caste and then the lower caste and you know like in, in india which mm -hmm. the real name is parat you know mm -hmm. the original name for india that's the indigenous name mm. it was in india it's just like Turtle Island is where we're calling. We're, we're having a conversation on Turtle Island. But uh, mm -hmm. the, the whole, you know, ideas of, you know, Parat and, you know, they, they talk about these untouchables in Parat. Mm -hmm. You know, these are the people that their whole entire life, and not only that, all their children will just be cleaning shit, you know, and they actually don't even wear any protection. They're, they're literally handling shit every day, you know, mm -hmm. from the uh, higher classes. And that's mm -hmm. not only are they stuck in that caste, called untouchables we're stuck with it forever and that's kind of the same thing with people who are homeless i mean more likely if, mm -hmm. if they have children yeah. you know they'll be more likely or if you're yeah. living in the ghetto or the projects you're more likely to do that and mm -hmm. i've also had homeless experiences i've lived in four homeless shelters and mm -hmm. i probably i don't know if i'd be doing this talk show and being so passionate as an activist if i didn't have to go through this because I came from like more of a middle class family and I had jobs for a long time, really good money. And then when I ran out of money though, and I had to uh, pitch a tent or live under the street or, you know, not, or not even having a tent or just having to wait it out, you know, when it's raining outside and you're just, you know, wait, wait, hopeful for the next day. Cause you just want to get through that day. I know some, I've had some experiences like that. And then I realized that, you know, there is a dystopia America if you have little or no money and you show up to a town, you don't know anybody, you have no couches to crash on and you have to sleep out in the woods or sleep on the on the pavement. I 
know, because our society doesn't do anything to help. You know, we, we could learn a lot from the Denmark, Netherlands, and Norway. I've had some great contacts with people who lived homeless in those countries, and they were treated so much better. They got, like, three square meals. They got housing if they wanted it. Hmm. Um, you remind me of a really good YouTube channel I like to promote. Hmm. Um, you can just find it. It's called Invisible People. It's got oh, yeah. 829,000 subscribers. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at it right now, but it's... Uh, uh, it's great. It's invisible stories. It's all about uh, documenting people who are homeless or mm-hmm. living that way. And you know, we desperately need like a homeless bill of rights in this country. Yeah. I prefer the word unhoused. Just like yeah. I don't like the word um, illegal alien. You know, it's really uh, undocumented. So I think a, mm-hmm. a better way to say is unhoused or undocumented. You know, mm-hmm. people that are struggling. You know, these are better words. But mm-hmm. having a bill of rights, uh, a human bill of rights, and a homeless bill of rights. These are the kinds mm-hmm. of things. Uh, we desperately need right now. Mm-hmm. You know, what are your what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, def. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, that's a great idea. I definitely think, but you know, the the homeless bill of rights would be like human bill of rights. I mean, the rights that we all should have, right? Universal human rights. Um, you know, as humans that that go beyond what's what's in our constitution or bill of, or our legal bill of rights. I mean, we all. All as human beings should have a right to a decent place to live and enough food to eat and the right to to choose what food we eat too you know the food that is offered to low-income people is terrible you know and eat to eat you need it takes money to buy organic food or you know healthy food it tends to be more expensive right so and then Nazis use that too and they're they're uh, they're prisoners they gave them bad food food that did not um, that did not uh, contain nutrition, enough nutrition. That was one of their strategies, you know. And that also brings me to another thought I had is, I would like, I would like it if we could we could start. I think we need to start sustainable communities, where, um, you know, we get together with like-minded people. Because if they take us to a cashless society, which is what they want to do, and I don't know if they're going to get away with it or not, but if they do take us to a cashless society, we're pretty screwed, aren't we? But if we start our own independent communities, we can have our own cash system, our own monetary system, our own food system, you know, growing our own food. Because I was on uh, Children's Health Defense, their website, that's a good site to go on to, Children's Health Defense, I think, .org. And they were saying that part of the plan on the part of these evil people who've taken over the world um, is they want to get us eating their Franken food, you know, their fake food that is filled with chemicals. You know, they don't want us to be able to get access to healthy, nutritious food. And I was also connecting all this too, and I was thinking, you know, connecting the dots and thinking about how Bill Gates is helping to fund this research they're doing where they want to put chemicals around the sun to block the sun. And I was thinking maybe part of their plan since they want to block the sun is to keep us from going outside and interacting with nature because they want to destroy nature basically they want to block the sun so they're going to destroy nature so maybe they're trying to you know get us detached from nature um and and detached from each other of course i, I don't know it's just this whole thing is so insane it's hard to even try to find logic to it but i think if we could if well, we, what keeps me going is I try to say, well, so long as we have one blade of grass left and, and one heart beating on the planet, you know, just try to keep, for all of us, try to, the, the takeaway as we kind of wrap up our talk today, you know, is to alleviate stuff. Oh, do I still have you? 
Can you hear me? I can't hear you. I can't hear you, Dan. I think I, I lost you. Um. I lost you, Dan. Oh, you're back. You're back. Okay. That was on, I think that was on my end because my phone battery um, started to go out and I had to plug it in. So, okay. So, yeah, it's kind of a good conclusion. You know, while we have one blade of grass and, you know, hearts beating, you know, let's see how we can all do things like uh, the buy nothing groups that are very popular on Mm -hmm. On uh, Facebook, you can probably find one locally or create one if, if it doesn't exist. And it's just people sharing things and the ideas that you don't have to just go and buy and sell. You know, and I guess as you, you know, both of us have had homeless experiences. So mm -hmm. we know that the, the U.S. can be a dystopia if you end up in that situation. Definitely. Well, I lost you again. Dan, I've lost you. I can't hear you. Uh, technical difficulties. Uh, technical difficulties today. Dan, are you still there? <laughs> Dan! Oh no! Oh shoot. Okay, great. You're back. You're back. Okay, good. Yeah, I just lost you, so I didn't hear that last part. But, um, yeah, I didn't hear that last part that you just said. Can you hear me, Dan? Oh yeah, as we wrap it up, I think... Okay. Uh, one last thing is, I guess as we uh, you know as we kind of wrap it up you know to try to stay positive as best we can you know hope for the best mm -hmm. um, and then everything we've talked about today you know when it comes to dystopia we hope it doesn't come true or like but yeah. we also need to be <laughs> aware of what the worst you know could be so yeah. you know what, what are some of your conclusions as we wrap it up today and I, I'd like to make this into a series like maybe at least once a mm -hmm. month we can catch up Oh, that'd be I awesome. I know about E-Town Halls, because that's like a real thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, all we need is like thousands or even millions of people on these E-Town Halls excited about yeah. it. And we're talking about abolishing politicians and abolishing political parties and putting ordinary peoples uh, where we can vote. We're no longer voting on a person, but we're voting directly on a solution for a yeah. community, country, and internationally. So I'll let you know about those meetings, because oh, we really do need a lot of people, but we need a lot of diversity, too. We need a lot of people from all different backgrounds, you know, uh, African-Americans, LGBTQ, uh, you know, Black Lives Matter. I do believe that equalitarian revolution is the best way to solve uh, Black Lives Matter because it gets everybody excited. It's saying mm -hmm. we're all uh, serfs and slaves, all 99% yeah. of us. And uh, go yeah. check out the last interview I did with Grandmaster Shower. He's got the Sage Warrior Temple. Mm. And we're calling everybody to meet in San Francisco and get trained. And nice. we need lots like and lots it. of people. I mean, hopefully thousands of people like will show it. up at the Sage Warrior Temple and say, hey, I'm ready to do this revolution. But we don't, it's not just hazardly doing it in the streets. It's a lot of coordination, a lot of planning, a lot of training. You know, that we wouldn't just haphazardly do something like this. We mm -hmm. would need and people to really look at each other as sisters and brothers in the streets and really mm -hmm. protect each other and really love each other in this, uh, in these days but we can win this but it's going to take huge numbers i mean it's going to take thousands and if not millions yeah. of people but all on the, with the same mindset and i think uh, the greatest uh, type of revolution is an equalitarian or which is also egalitarian revolution so as we sum it up here what are some of your conclusions and you know 
thoughts of mm -hmm. what we've covered today. Okay, well, on that note, um, one thing I do want to add is there's a responsibility that we have in that, too. And that means, you know, if we want a democratic society, that means that we, the people, need to get involved in creating our own policies and creating our own decisions. And so we need to be, to be ready to step up to the plate and, and start thinking about solutions and, and being re ready and willing to, to, to take current events seriously and to get involved. And also, you know, again, I, I would like to see more sustainable communities pop up where people come together and form their own communities. And by that, I mean like an independent community where we get a plot of land maybe and we all kind of live on that land and maybe build our own little homes or live in our campers or whatever, however we can do it. And then we have our own medical system and our own, you know, monetary system and our own uh, food system so that we can have our own communities that are independent of these wealthy, privileged owners of this country. I would like to see that pop up, more of that. I think that's something we all need because they're, they, if they get away with doing what they're doing, they're going to make a lot of us unemployed. They're going to put a, make a lot of us homeless and desperate. That's their plan, I think. And, um, you know, already, I mean, I had three jobs before the pandemic and now I have no job, you know. So there's a lot of us can't work, out of work, you know. And if you're a nurse or a doctor, you could be out of work if you speak out about this stuff. If you're a nice, if you're a good person and you speak out and say, I don't want to go along with this, you can lose your job too. So what I think what we need to do is reinvent ourselves and start creating these communities where we can have real doctors and nurses who actually care about their patients, um, you know, and, and people who grow their own food and it's real food without chemicals and pesticides in it, you know, have our own monetary system, our own, you know, where we're not dependent on them. You know, we all work together and then we won't have homelessness within our community because we're all working together and, and helping each other. Um, I, I really think we need to, to think about that on some, some level, getting that started, you know, our own communities. I, I think yeah, I see that in a solution. In this discussion, a really good website is by paulglover.org. Uh, it's Paul, it's just one word, Paul, and then G-L-O-V-E-R.org. Mm -hmm. And if you go to the website, you can see he created his own hometown money, you know, your community with local currency. Mm -hmm. um, they have their own Adams free clinic. Ah, um, this is in Pennsylvania. He ran for governor of Pennsylvania on the Green Party ticket. Oh, okay. And I think he got like 50,000 votes. I had interviewed him. Uh, I guess it's been a couple years ago, but he's got Ooh. things like print local currency, create green jobs, you know, co-op health insurance, yeah. prepare your community for high fuel costs, you know, get get what you need without dollars, you know, without having to use a dollar, create community food and fuel inventories. Uh, there's great information on this web. He's been really a powerhouse. He's done some, Paul is one of the most incredible people because he did stuff. He wasn't just complaining about what's broken he did yeah. stuff you know which is really important yeah. so i like to promote people like that because yeah. we can take his plan as a template you can go to his website and some other websites you know they had i said it's in ithaca uh, the ithaca community news well this is i guess connected with that in ithaca new york um hmm. you know so this is you know real stuff real community kind of hardcore kind of like help helping and you know doing so i'm always glad you know in we, we talked about a lot of miserable, uh, tyrannical people like Gates and, mm -hmm. you 
you know, but there's a lot of good people out there doing great things. So I, I thank you for all that you do, Mary. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I did want to mention too, one last thing too about your uh, podcast. You know, who are some of the guests that you've had on your podcast and what are some of the themes? I like your, how did you get the name Occupy Your Mind? And I, you know, let's, let's talk about some of your uh, takeaways from your interviews and uh, what Occupy Your Mind is about and uh, the themes of your podcast. Um, well, Occupy Your Mind is all about basically taking over your mind. So controlling your own thinking and not letting other people control your mind and your thinking. So it's mainly about thinking critically and um, thinking independently and having the courage to do that. I think it's really hard. I think we're all conditioned to just do what we're told, basically. And if you don't do what you're told, you're thought of as some kind of crazy radical or rebel or conspiracy theorist or whatever. So I think, um, so that's that's why I call it Occupy Your Mind. I haven't been interviewing a lot of people just because I have so much to say. I found my, like myself just really wanting to, like I just have so many, I've, I've just been kind of um, trying to put information out there, trying to get information out there. So lately I've been putting up um, audio recordings of doctors, various doctors who've been speaking out like Dr. Roger Hodkinson because he was censored and he's getting death threats and things like that and he's the doctor who spoke out to some Canadian health officials and said you should stop doing this we should stop tomorrow he said we shouldn't be doing the lockdowns the mask wearing you know he basically said you you people shouldn't even be practicing medicine if that's what you wanted to so um so he's very controversial so I, I just I basically just posted um you know that because he's been censored so I, I just want to be another you know have another platform where people like him you know get their get their word out um, I did interview Allison McDowell I went to a protest in Albany and met her there and that's on my my YouTube channel but I, I I'm gonna put it up on my podcast as well and that's where I learned about the World Economic Forum and um, Johns Hopkins and all this I just keep you know, falling deeper and deeper into this rabbit hole <laughs> and finding out more and more about how evil all this is. And it's just like, oh my God. And, you know, like I said, that's why I, I understand the sheeple. I get it. I wish I were a sheeple sometimes because I just think, oh my gosh, it must be nice to just sit back and say, nothing's wrong. Everything's fine. You know, but we've been given this great gift of knowledge. And it is, it is kind of a gift, you know, that we know that what's going on. And it's also a responsibility. It means that we have to take the responsibility to get the word out, to try to get as many people as we can to wake up, you know, and... Um, well, thank you so. for all that you do. And, uh, <laughs> thank you. Feel free to send me any links, and I'll add them to the description. And, you know, let, I, I'll, let's keep in touch because, uh, yeah. you know, like-minded people need to stick together in these times because, it, you know, you can meet uh, just other random people and you're like oh my god they're so um they're so different in how they view the world and yeah. you know you and i because we've done the research we've we've done the uh, thoroughness like and we have this hunger and desire for the truth you know the truth shall set us all free so yeah it's one of the most important uh lines and you know keep it up keep up the good work and uh Same we can always share guests if you're looking to have more guests any of the guests on this channel you're welcome to uh I'll get you in contact with them. Um, one of my favorite people to have on is Grandmaster Shower. You know, 40 years, uh, mm-hmm. the martial arts master in, in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I've really been profoundly affected by him. And I'm 
promoting his uh, that people go to the State Warrior Temple and get training on martial arts and ethics and you know all the great things that can really advance us all. So I uh, appreciate uh, our time. So thank you so much, uh, thank Mary. You. And have a great rest of the weekend. You as well. Yeah. Keep keep in keep in touch. Keep keep me posted. And I'd, I'd love to speak with you again. This was a great conversation. And I hope all is well over there in Texas. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Okay, cool. I just saved. Oh, whoops. Okay. I hope I didn't hang up on him. Thanks for listening. Um, you can check out the podcast. I'll type it in, too, on the chat. Um, it's going to be on Anchor and um, anchor.fm. And it's called Occupy Your Mind. And so um, I'll be airing this there. Um, and you can certainly, if you're like-minded, if you're interested, you could always contact the podcast. Most of the time, it has been me blathering about my, my views on things. Um, but um, I do welcome guests who want to be on from time to time as well. So um, so anyway, just check out the podcast again, it's Occupy Your Mind. Uh, on anchor.fm and um, I'm also going to be po- I also post um, lately I've been posting doctors um, interviews um, because I think that might convince people um, so um, thank you so much for listening and have a great rest of your day I'm going to write this down and as I say in my podcast have a great rest of your day Have a great rest of your week. Have a great rest of your life. Stay happy. Stay sane. You know? And turn off that TV set. And look around you. Keep in contact with the world around you. And try to stay aware of what's real. You know? Because what you see on TV is not real. And that was just created by people who want to manipulate you. Um, but if you look around you, around your environment, that's real. So try to stay sane, stay happy, take care of your mental and physical health, and occupy your mind, and have have a good one. So I'm gonna I'm gonna sign out. Thanks thanks again, everybody, for listening. <laughs>